0: already yo what's going on y'all episode 19 is here and we are back the ant and dame show the notorious sports podcast it's been a little minute but we are so happy to be back so thankful and grateful for all the listens and uh, i'm gonna kick it to ant to run down the show We're recording here late night it was it's literally like 20 minutes after the thunder and rockets game we had to wait for the first round to be over to you know give you all this next episode but man we are so happy to be back and i'm gonna kick it to Ant right now Go ahead and run it down, man.
1: All right, y'all. Like Dame said, it's been a minute, but we really wanted to wait for the complete first round uh, to finish up before we drop this next episode. And so that's what it's going to be. Legit all basketball. That's all it's going to be today. Um, No news. We're going to get straight into it. First, we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference wrap-ups, what we took away from different teams and whatnot. And then we're going to go into our predictions of the second round and then we'll move into the West. So, Dame, if you want to start off with your, fir- your f- big takeaways from the East.
0: I want to talk about the uh, the first-round matchup of the Pacers and the Heat uh, just because the ending had a coach uh, get fired. And I didn't like the fact that name McMillan was fired. And a quick side note, I hope he lands in New Orleans. Uh, I would love to see Zion in a Sabonis-type role. But I'm t- from that series, I took away – Honestly, it's significant to me. Obviously the on on the encore stuff was important. But I we knew the heat were gonna win that series. I believe I had it in five. I you also picked the heat to win. I just don't remember your exact games. Um you know they swept him, no surprise.
1: I think I said six because yeah. I w I I wasn't expecting a sweep to be honest with you. Yeah. But go go ahead.
0: Yeah, it's the the significance and the takeaway I get from that is Man, some organizations really crack under the pressure, and when they're not winning, they kind of don't really know what to do. And I think Indiana is one of those organizations, because uh, that's definitely not a move I would have done. I would have, I would have not fired McMillan, especially considering the fact that you've never really, well, not really, you've never given him, you know, top tier talent. I mean, we love all the depot. I'm a big Brogdon guy. I love Miles Turner. I like Sabonis, but none of them are a level talent. You know what I mean? Uh, and the fact that you let him go, and he's had an impressive track record in, in Indiana, uh, I, I I just don't understand it. But that series, I just took away also um, when it as it pertains to on-court stuff. Miami really does match up well against all all teams and all te- and every team that has certain um, archetypes on the floor, whether it be like you have a, sh- a stretch big that can also re- protect the rim, like Miles Turner, or you have guys who can really slow down. Um, and kind of playing their isolation ball like Oladipo and Brogdon. Miami can defend any and all play types on the floor. And uh we're seeing that now with the Bucks that we'll, you know, later talk about. But that that would be my first my first takeaway.
1: Um my big takeaway from this series was how good this Miami T- heat team actually is. Cause I mean, we've talked about it coming into it coming into the playoffs we've mentioned oh the heat could be a sleeper team like they could do some damage in the east and i mean now we're seeing it i don't know how much we believe they were like gonna run through teams i didn't think we were gonna see three sweep. well yeah i didn't think we were gonna see three sweeps in the east and i mean one of them wasn't even in like milwaukee didn't even sweep miami was one of them i think i had them at six Games because I was like, yeah, Oladipo, like they're a solid team. Like it was two solid teams going against each other. Um, and I, I really just took away that Miami t- Miami is a team, like a team that's not going to let you have anything easy this playoffs as far as going into play at Milwaukee. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and a takeaway that I took also, you know, moving on from the Pacers and Heat, um, From a team like the Bucks, and the Bucks and Magic series, you know obviously they lost Game One, but uh, as our good friend Noah let us know too, the Bucks literally they I think they I believe they give up the most three pointers um, as as a defense, and a team that shoots well is going to give them a lot of trouble. Exactly why the Rockets they've had some some success against them. Uh, The Magic when they beat the Bucks killed them on the perimeter. and man, when in in the playoffs, that's going to be very hard to stop. And especially, I mean, we're seeing it now. You know what I mean? We're we're two games in. I cannot wait to talk about that series. But you know, I, I it's crazy because the Bucks and Giannis's inability to on the offensive end to actually shoot a consistent jump shot puts them in a lot of rough spots as the as the duration of a game goes. You know what I mean? Especially when the game slows down, I I really think that's going to cap them out in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I mean, take away from the game one of Orlando, my Milwaukee series is Vucevic was just hitting everything. Yeah, like they won that game because they they hit were hitting everything. Yeah, the basket was ten feet wide; <laughs> they couldn't miss. Um, and then I mean, Milwaukee, like you said, they gamble with shoot the three, and like yeah. if you're not making threes, like we'll like we'll take that.
0: <laughs> and then as it pertains the Celtics and Sixers. I didn't really take anything away from it. It was an underman Celtics. I mean, underman Sixers team. Celtics were dominant. Didn't expect anything less, man.
1: Um, from that series, I just I, it was just Embiid versus all. Like, yeah. um, I think it was Shaq said Bigs needed to go up like five points and three rebounds mm. in like averaging as far as regular season to playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we didn't not see Joel Embiid do that. It wasn't necessarily in his averages, but a lot of the some of the games wasn't it like 30-15, 32-12. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was yeah. playing solid.
0: Yeah, a, a Brad Stevens coach team is going to throw everything at you, especially yeah. if they know you're the you're the primary ball handler, the primary facilitator, the primary scorer, the primary defensive player. Like they're going to they're going to just hound you, but I the Celtics did what I expected them to do. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, uh, what was it? Brooklyn and Toronto. Sweet again. N- mm. I, I took nothing from it.
1: I mean, it's it's tough when we didn't get to see the healthy no- Nets. Yeah. I we weren't really expecting to. Yeah. But like, even then, Kyrie, you know. Yeah. Like the I mean, the Nets didn't even have players that were on the roster <laughs> yeah. the whole year playing. Like they was just some guys they threw together. Like <laughs> we need a roster. I guess we'll go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, But, I mean, because every game in Toronto, I mean, we're kind of noticing it this round, but it was a different guy every game for the most part. Like, Van Vleet had a good couple games. Then one game he'd have 10, and Siakam would have more points, and Lowry would have more. Like, it just kind of showed us, like, they're a solid team, but as we're kind of seeing this round, they don't have that guy that's going to match up and go bucket for bucket with... Tatum or Kemba.
0: Um, that's all I got for the East. You know, very uneventful in the first round.
1: Kinda I mean, East, yeah. we've saying it's going to be very cut and dry in the first round. Even yeah. when we were saying our predictions, we were like one through four is going to win. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we're really surprised with the results.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, um, we'll go on to the West. Yeah. Let's talk about the game fresh on our minds. Might as well. You can, you can I, start.
1: I mean. Arguably the best series we watched in the first round, Mm -hmm. I would say, besides, I'd say, Denver and Utah. Yeah. Um, But the Houston Rockets and Oklahoma City Thunder just finished up game seven. Um, My biggest takeaway is, well, first of all, before the series started, when we were doing our rundown, I said Russ was going to be – Russ coming back off the injury was going to affect the series – and, like, the longevity of it. And, I mean, I, I wasn't technically wrong because when he came back, I mean, obviously on the minutes restrictions, not able to get in the flow, his first game back, he had, like, I think he had, like, what, 14 points and a couple assists, no turnovers. And then as soon as he started trying to get his <laughs> momentum back, 17.7 turnovers yeah. just like that, um, affecting that game six outcome pushing to this game seven. That's where we saw game seven James Harden, yeah. Non existent really. I mean, yeah, great great defensive effort at the end of the game by the Rockets. Great team defense. Uh between honestly, in the playoffs, the best team defense I've seen is the the Rockets and the Heat is the best like as far as rotations and whatnot. Like the Rockets played such good team defense and that's what I kinda took away from the series. But likewise it's it's gonna be tough for them because man, James Harden doesn't Hit shots, then Russ is gonna start going head full of steam to the rim, and he was playing playing efficient at the beginning of the game, but as soon as fourth quarter was going and James Harden wasn't hitting anything, head full of steam to the rim, missed like what five layups, but uh, I'm I'm happy to see Houston out of the the first round. I think it'll be I think it'll be a little bit of a better series as far as because we've seen Houston and L.A. match up in regular season and houston's beat them a a couple times so
0: yeah um from the rockets they well well what i will you know give them credit for is defensively especially like when it mattered most they showed up uh they've had some impressive defensive outings they held the the thunder to 80 points in a game uh tonight their defense in the fourth was phenomenal i think their defense all game was pretty good um they don't have a, a true rim protector, but their rim protection is just rim rotations, which is perfect. It's team defense. You know, it's the modern NBA, you know. Um, and then an, an issue I have with the Rockets that I'm worried about, that I tweeted about, uh, in this game especially, uh, Harden and Russ and Lafford together offensively looked was, was pretty bad. Uh, even in the fourth quarter, you know, despite the fact that they won and everything like that, Harden and Russ together were not good offensively uh, in the fourth quarter you mentioned it was like four layups that russ missed hardened i mean obviously all game couldn't buy a bucket but in the fourth one it's really magnified he wasn't he wasn't scoring um and that's something i really want you know the viewers to the listeners to monitor is how they look on the floor together how they're playing on the floor together especially in the fourth quarter because against a team like the lakers they're gonna make it to where every bucket counts and not only that the, the Rockets' analytical offense is a three or a layup. Well, the Lakers got rim protection for days, and they got some guys that can defend on the perimeter. That's what makes them so lethal. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna really like to see how Westbrook, if he does have to, how he changes his game to better um, fit Harden, like against the Lakers and vice versa. Um, Russ Russell for me tonight in Game Seven. Uh, he had a, he had a, a great first three quarters. I, I had no complaints. Uh, but then again, in that fourth quarter, man, just that Rockets team. What they did do well that I'll give them credit for is they were light on their guys. Their role players, Roko, great game. Eric Gordon, great game. Uh, even PJ had a big shot late. You know what I mean? It, it was essentially the guys that you know people people say, uh, oh, that you know that won't work. You only have this guy, and this guy only does this. This guy only does that. Well, every guy they needed to to come through for them other than, you know, Russ and Harden came through for them tonight. So um, obviously role players help, you know, win championships and help you progress in the playoffs. And that's exactly what happened uh, as far as the Thunder go, oh man, a tough loss, very tough loss. Um, Billy Donovan, I, I I don't know what happened to his offense in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, he really wet the bed in the fourth quarter tonight. Uh, just tons of, of nonsense, just threw the playbook out of the window and just said, all right, guys, this is what we're doing. Just wing it, man. Do what you want. I mean, for example, late in the game, you know, the inbound, there's an inbound that's shy. Uh, shy's the inbounder. And Steven Adams is, he has about 10 feet of just, of of, of, of ground to work with. Uh, PJ Tucker's on his hip, and he is working with uh, Steven Adams, left side, all to the basket, wide open, free. And Steven Adams not even paying attention. Shy could easily just lob that ball to Stephen Adams, and it's a it's a layup. Tie game. <laughs> it's tied. The game's tied. You know, and 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 you know, if you really want to fast forward it, uh, Gallo if Gallo makes a free throw, they win. win. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, and and that's another thing for uh for the Thunder. I I said all season their wins are all you know everyone chips in, Gallo gets his fifteen. Schroeder gets his 17. Shy gets a 17. Chris Paul gets his 17. Adams will get his 10. That all vanished in the playoffs, um, especially down the stretch. I mean, it was gone. So Lou Dort, you know, I think he'll be an excellent role player uh, for years to come. You know, as as far as as long as he can shoot his threes and play lights out defense like he did tonight, yeah, he will be a good role player for many years and a, and a good player for that team. So. The 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 future is bright in Oklahoma City. Uh, I would I would like for them to keep keep Chris Paul, uh, keep Gallinari because I think they're great pieces for a rebuild and, and or a retool rather. Uh, but Steven Adams needs to get moved, and that's my biggest takeaway: is find a way to get rid of Steven Adams. He he, he doesn't make in the in the modern NBA. He, if he's not fourteen and fifteen, fifteen and fourteen a night, he's useless. And I mean that with all due respect. Uh, I know he he has a lot, he averages a lot of screen assists but many bigs in this nba can give you that. Um and at the price tag he's at, I don't think it's worth it so. Yeah, man. Um one heck of a series. And uh, I think it was it was the final game was was amazing, man, but yeah, I, that that was my takeaway from that. Just Houston Houston answered some questions I had, but I mean, I still have plenty cuz playing against the Lakers man, it's so it's going to be so tough, but that's what I got to say about that.
1: Uh, First, I'll talk about my takeaways, kind of just responding to what you had. Like you mentioned, it's all their blocks or rim rotations and whatnot. Robert Covington is, what, 6'8"? We'll give him a 6'8"? Yeah. He had three blocks tonight yeah. at the rim. Um, James Harden had three. Um, Eric Gordon had a block. It's like James Harden we don't look at as a defender, but in this new small ball, Rockets, and the rotations and closeouts, he's get like he's getting these blocks in these situations and then like you said PJ Tucker stepped up because he had four steals tonight yeah and the amount of turnovers the Thunder had earlier in the game ultimately I think came back and like bit him. didn't and they
0: have like 20 turnovers tonight
1: 20 turnovers they had 21 so the, Seven Ro- in the, the first Rockets, had, Rockets had 12
0: 7 in the first man that, uh, that's crazy um
1: and then more takeaways, um, like you, like you said, Russ and Harden. For we saw stretches uh, during the regular season, like when they first started small ball, that they were working pretty well together. Russ, when Russ was the dominant ball handler, but since he hasn't really gotten in a groove since he's been in the bubble, um, I don't know how much that has to do with his quad or yeah, whatnot. But I, I think. I've started to see it a lot more, especially down the, these stretches. If Russ can just be 20-point, 20 22-point scorer and give me 11, 12 assists, because he, he was 9 of 14 and then took six shots and got one assist, <laughs> but didn't make any more shots. Yeah. So if he's creating the opportunity with guys with the hot hand like Roko was – hot from three six of 11 from three tonight um jeff green hit hit a couple threes pj hit a big three like if you can dish off to those guys um i i think that that's the best role for him i don't need 28 anymore from russ now with this new system um with that when russ was out of the like out, not playing in the first couple games. We noticed all these role players, like Ben Mclemore, played four minutes tonight. I think, if he, if he played, um, or no, he played four minutes yesterday. He didn't even play yeah. tonight. Yeah. So, like,
0: Austin Rivers played Austin, sparingly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and this was with Russ on a minutes restriction, yeah. quote unquote. And so I don't know all these role players that had stepped up for him, helped him get to where they were at, get to the like, um, get the. 2-2, two, two, like, tie without Russ. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because they were big. Um, and that's kind of – I think you said that in the last episode was um, how much Russ – how many shots Russ is going to take away. Yeah. Something like that. And, I mean, it did affect him tonight because I think if Russ doesn't take those last six shots and passes off, that could – say three of those are assists.
0: Yeah. They're and the near, not even in this position.
1: You're 20, 20 points and five assists, nine rebounds. Like, I'll take that because, I mean, he he really they didn't really – I didn't see much ball movement for Houston, especially yeah. watching the Milwaukee and uh, Miami, Miami yep. game. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The, these two teams' offenses aren't are, – very, very yeah. little ball movement, and I think against the Lakers, a, another long defensive team, they're gonna have to work against. So that's gonna be very tough.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and
1: then with OKC, I I agree. Steven Adams, it's time to move on. Since, like, uh, in this series, he needed to have fifteen and fourteen every night. There was yeah. no reason without another big on the court. Um, I understand what he has as far as um, effort and whatnot, but yeah. I mean, at the end of a day, at the end of a the day ten points, nine rebounds and effort plays. Yeah. That's tough because I mean I've seen New Orleans null get the effort plays. Um I've seen him dive on the court. Schroeder dives on the court, but Schroeder will give you nineteen points. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, with with Adams and there's there were I believe three games where he had double digit rebounds. Uh I'm not gonna lie, he his play is so non impactful. Uh or unimpactful rather because Tonight, for example, I don't know a Stalin off the top of my head. I would assume. I have it right here. Okay, well, can you tell me? Steven Adams? Yeah.
1: Do you want to guess first?
0: No, no, no. Just tell me.
1: Ten points, a block, a steal, no assist, nine rebounds. Yeah. Five defensive, four offensive. Okay. Two or three. Uh-huh. Four or six from the field.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, as as you mentioned there. You could, I, 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 I didn't even know. I thought he had like four rebounds and six, and six points. His, his, his presence on the court does so little for this Oklahoma City team. And again, we you see it, you saw it again tonight. I mean, I don't want to keep on going on him, like you know, going in on him like this, but yeah, he, he's, he's just, he's not it for that, for that team. I, I don't, I don't know. And he's not, I, I mean, you can call him a rim runner, but i I wouldn't put him in the category of, like, Willie Cauley-Stein. You know what I mean? Not saying Willie Cauley-Stein's a great player, but that's more who I think of when it comes to rim runner. But, yeah, that, that, I'm done with this series, man. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was a it was draining. Cr- yeah. Very draining. game yeah, that we just watched. Um, But next, uh, we'll just talk about the Lakers because they're quick. Yeah. I, I told I told y'all last episode, I told the people I know, uh, the people you know who i you know I'm close with as well after game one I have no worries I worried more about how many you know number twos I take in a day than the Lakers you know losing another game and they didn't they beat the brakes off them the next four games I mean the, the what was the the average margin of victory was in the double digits like yeah it, it wasn't close I didn't expect it to be close and uh you know Lakers are dominant and they're not even hitting full stride either because they're still struggling to shoot the basketball. Yeah, um, which you know when we go to our predictions, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit. But yeah, I mean Damian Lillard, though, shout out to you. You were the MVP uh, of the bubble, you know, before the playoffs began. You or even with some of your playoff performance, I would say. Um, obviously, you won't get it now because you're not in the playoffs anymore. But shout out to Damian Lillard. He's making me look like a genius because I had him ranked, I believe, seventh in the NBA on our primetime players list. And he definitely lived up to it, so. Um, you yeah. Were, yeah.
1: I mean, the the biggest takeaway I had from that series was, once again, we see the Blazers can't do anything without Dame on the court. Yeah, CJ had a solid game five, but at that point, we are all, like, Dame was off the court. Everybody was like, it's over. Yeah. Like, it – I mean, Melo had, I think, 20-something. CJ had 30, but – Okay. Like that's what we kinda expect CJ to do. Yeah. I mean we expect him to get those buckets and do this and when Dame's on the court it's different. Yeah. But when it's just CJ coming at you, it's not really <laughs> scary.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think
1: Melo had twenty one on like nineteen shots or something <laughs> like that. So
0: Um Let's go into the Clippers and Mavs. Um that series I believe we both had it in six. I believe so.
1: Six or seven. Yeah,
0: it it was yeah. I believe you probably said six or no one I think of us. I may have said seven. Um but we all saw it going, you know, a, a game a game or two further than many others believed. And uh it should have went seven because the Mavericks should have won game one. Um once again the refs in the bubble, by the way, guys, have been absolutely terrible. The NBA needs to start holding them accountable, but that's a you know different subject for you know later time. But yeah, the 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 Mavs really I love the Rick Carlisle offense, especially for the modern NBA. I think um, Minnesota should run a variation of that. Should they get Lamelo Ball? Uh, you have a plus version of of uh, Porzingis and Cat. You have a shot. You'll have a shot creator similar to Luka. and then you're gonna have another great offensive player. And LaMelo or D'Angelo, de, uh, depending on, you know, who you choose to be, the Luca and who, who you choose to be, um, the secondary, you know, playmaker, passer, scorer. So, I like, uh, I love the Rick Carlisle offense. I thought they performed very well. Trey Burke, you know, he proved that he deserves to be in the NBA, you know, for another season at minimum. Seth Curry played his tail off. Uh, Luka Doncic, I, I said he was a top-ten player going into this year. Um my boy Anthony right across, and Noah said I was crazy because I had him better than James Harden. He proved. I think. I think I'm. I'm confident. I'm confident. But uh, Luka Doncic, you are the truth, my man. And I. I told people, you know, in that draft, and I love Trey Young. I told people that you were the best player in that draft class. And man, oh man, you you exceeded even my expectation. I said you're going to be the best. So yeah, man, Luka Doncic is the truth. Uh, Porzingis needs to get healthy and stay healthy man because i honestly think while they did trade a lot for him they signed him to the max deal man cuban's a businessman at the end of the day and if you're beginning to get hurt and hurt and hurt i don't believe they should get rid of him i think he's a fantastic fit in the carlisle offense but i could definitely understand fielding offers if if philly's rumored to be fielding offers for Embiid and looking at moving Embiid, i would definitely be in the same boat with porzingis you know what i mean so that's kind of where I stand with the Mavs. Uh, the Clippers. You 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 played you played like you should have. You won the series. You you took care of business. Um, not gonna lie, Paul George struggling immensely is very worrisome. <laughs> I, I, and I know he's he's back, and I watched a video from Coach Nick about. Uh, you could tell in his in his confidence was shake or was shaken because in his shot form from his from his from his base to his fall through everything was different from games what he struggled with two, three and four. Correct?
1: I mean, I yeah. I, I personally think he struggled all series except yeah. game six. But yeah. yeah.
0: But Coach Nick detailed it for uh detailed in the video that everything you could tell he was he was just shook because in his base, the way whenever he was landing the way before before he was shooting the ball, his fall through everything was different. So and then he kind of showed us how, you know, after how it was, uh, it, it reverted back to being normal. But I, uh, the Clippers took care of business, man. I mean, and and their rim protection is very scary, though. I will admit that, because uh, like my boy Shannon Sharp said, it was a conga line to the basket. I mean, everyone was doing the limbo. Everyone was. I mean, it it was it was just it was crazy, man. I I, I think against the Lakers, they're gonna have a very tough time with that as well. But because man, considering the, the the Mavs busted them up like that. Just imagine what LeBron and AD are going to do, you know, so. But they took care of business. You can't complain about it. You know, took, they did what they had to do. Uh,
1: Takeaways from the Clippers. Um, I kind of disagree. I think without game one, I think Dallas could have won the series. Mm-hmm. I think if, if I don't, I still don't agree I, on the ejection of Porzingis. Um I mean there's nothing we can do about it now but I think they win game 1 um and it's a game 7 series and I, I I just think the series plays out completely different I I think the Clippers lucked out on that game 1 um got a little bit of help and I I I I don't think they took care of business I don't think they proved to be the better team in the series um uh Kawhi proved I I Kawhi did prove that he is that guy though like for the for a team um i know we kind of were talking toronto's two still in the east and whatnot but no he proved that he can be that guy especially when his robin quote unquote was non-existent in half the time because even when he did get into the flow of it 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 was kind of i don't want to compare it to steven adams but it's kind of like i didn't realize paul george had 20 something points it was just layups here free throws here Couple of threes, um, uh, but their their team was deeper, I, I believe, and that's why I think they ended up winning the series. I don't think it's because like they played better, but I think it's just because at the end of the day, the matchup let them like allowed them to pull it out. And then with Dallas, um, I like after this series, Luka's next, like a hundred percent. Uh, as as we. Um, in what four four years maybe when LeBron decides to retire, it it's Luka's league. It it may be before LeBron retires because we don't know how he's gonna progress in his career, but Luca will be the best player in the league when LeBron decides to hang up the shoes. I believe.
0: Um, I'm just gonna add this because it's on, on my brain right now. Let let me see how this Heat series plays out, and I might say he's better than a certain guy.
1: Oh yeah. I agree. Um
0: but like I we, said we'll, we can
1: let the series play out, but as far as where they're at in their careers? Oh yeah. In 4 years, oh yeah. where Luca can be I I I'm a little bit more scared of that guy. A lot like yeah. what he is in 4 years than oh yeah. what that guy is at this age. Oh yeah. Um
0: I'm talking about Pantheon great. Yeah. Potentially. The, yeah.
1: Um. That's what I took away from the series because first playoff series. I think it was what thirty four nine and eight. Yeah. At, at the end of the th- series is what he averaged because yeah. game three I think he had twenty two on his bum ankle. Yeah. Uh. I I once again I do uh, I like the Mavs offense. Um. If Porzingis can stay healthy, I think they're a very scary duo as the league progresses and gets these younger guys um in their primes and whatnot. Uh I, I would like to see Trey Burke stay with Dallas, um, if he can, because I think him, Tim Hardaway, uh, Seth Curry can all be very, very impactful in, in playoffs as they kind of mature into their games and whatnot. I mean they're all they're all decently skilled are yeah. really skilled offensive players, I would say, as far as Tim Hardaway can shoot. I mean he went all of eight in game six, but before that, he was shooting up closer to forty percent, and I mean, Seth Curry and Seth Curry can shoot as well, and Trey Burke can get his own buck. Yeah, like six foot, six foot guards are just go get a buck. Yeah. somehow. Um, but yeah, my biggest takeaway was, was don't don't give Luca like any more time to get better. Like you got to find answers for him now, or it's over.
0: I would agree. Uh, we'll talk about the Jazz and Nuggets. Um, I had the Nuggets winning in seven. I got that prediction right on the money, but I did not think it was going to happen like this. I did not think a team was going to blow a 3-1 lead <laughs> at all. Uh, I did not think that was going to go down, but Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray for uh, many who don't know, I've, al- I've always had the stance of he's an above-average starter and – I didn't believe he was a max player. Uh, while he had spent some fantastic outings in the bubble so far in the playoffs, I my stance remains the same. Uh, consistency has been his big thing, his big deal. And in the bubble, in these seven games, he had four great games and three very poor games. Um, he had a fantastic three-game stretch, right? That was, that was in games four, five, and six, where he had 50, 42, 50, and then he followed up in game seven with 15. And on seven to 22 shooting, you know what I mean? And, uh, I just opened with that because I know a lot of people who are listening to this, uh, some, you know, who I've mentioned, you know, talking about Jabal before, they're going to be like, Oh, don't backtrack, blah, blah, blah. Now they, we ain't never do that over here, baby. And uh, my stance remain the same, but as far as the team goes, the nuggets played well, Michael Porter jr. Um, I feel like he's his, his ceiling's so high, but defensively he's very poor. And um, not even necessarily like on the perimeter; like he's just a bad defender. Just his IQ is not there yet. Uh, his feel for the game on defense isn't there yet. But he played a solid, uh, solid series offensively in my book. Uh, he's a really a mismatch everywhere. Djokic, once again, proven he is the superstar. He is the he is the best player on that team by far, especially in Game Seven. Just clutch play after clutch play. Um, and Millsaps, uh, Millsaps input or. Uh, entry into the starting lineup at first. I was a little I was a little weary. I was a little cautious about it uh, Kind of I didn't really know how to feel but you know, I feel like he did some good things for um, Denver starting and then as far as far as the uh, The jazz go fantastic performance considering you were severely undermanned You, you didn't have uh, Bogdanovich that that is your second leading scorer and sometimes was your best player, you know during the season so you did very well considering that. Donovan Mitchell, who I've, I've been 50-50 on, I'm not saying I didn't think he was a good player, but I didn't think he was that guy. No, I think he is a winning player. And uh, Rudy Gobert, another guy I've been critical of, played his tail off this series. So all in all, Utah is also a team that the, the future is looking very bright should they keep Mitchell you know, with the max deal, but they need to build around him better. And Mike Conley Jr. is a guy that most likely needs to go. Yeah, horrible game seven performance of two of thirteen shooting. I mean, it, it's you you it's it's a make or miss league as as cliche as it sounds. And man, he sure ain't making them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, my biggest takeaway is uh pretty similar. If you decide to, if Donovan Mitchell decides he wants to stay, because I think that's the biggest if. I don't think it's a doubt that Utah wants to build around Donovan Mitchell. But if Donovan Mitchell decides he wants to stay. You have to build better around him, because game one, he just dropped 50 right off the bat, and showing you that I, I'm I'm going to win in the playoffs, like I'm that guy. Cause we've seen it already, already. You've seen him win a series already, and I, that's really just all I really saw was. I mean, Jamal Murray, like you said, proved that he is uh, a, like you said, uh, above average starter in the league um, but consistency is what's going to put him over that edge um, and we didn't release it. we saw unreal great games no turnovers through what th- it was three games in a row no turnovers yep. um, ridiculous shooting percentages and then the last game four turnovers 15 points on 22 shots <laughs> Um. so I- I'd like to see how Denver matches up with LA though this next game, the Clippers. Um,
0: We can segue right into that. Oh,
1: perfect. Uh, I think after watching the Mavs match up with the Clippers, I I like this matchup for Denver um, because one of the guys that was giving um, the Clippers problems was Porzingis. When he was on the court, he was giving them problems as they were driving and getting to the basket he was just there not necessarily in blocks but he was not letting him get anything easy he was being that body a rim protector rim, i don't think no one really thinks i don't think they should their rim protectors just get blocks i think just being that presence that alters shots whatnot knows the rotations has the iq um and i i think Jokic and the length of this denver team as far as jeremy grant um no sap if he plays in the starting lineup and Michael Porter Jr. like their length I think can affect and bother the Clippers. Oh yeah, um, and I I could see this very well being a seven game series. I don't see this being an easy series for the Clippers. I say that because if Paul George doesn't show up for three games like that, I think that's three games Denver wins. I think Paul George has to be there this series every game, or else it's it very well could be Nuggets in seven, but with that being said um i i, I it'll be clippers and 7 but that's if Paul George shows
0: up so i have the clippers and 7 um if Paul George shows up and is you know Paul George like i've said the superstar that i've argued with many people that i believe he is it'll go 6 but it's not it's not going less than 6 in my opinion uh, and I'm just a guy who got every almost every prediction right last time. So, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I think it's I think it goes seven because I'm not gonna lie, Cl- the Clippers beat you with their depth obviously and their versatility defensively. That bench unit for Denver is serious. Gary Harris Gary Harris can play defense. He struggled f- shooting the ball, scoring the ball against San Antonio last year. He got hot really quick. Um, you know, this, this playoffs this year, he's kind of been injured, you know, hasn't really found his rhythm, but defensively he can play and guess who he, they will put him on Lou will and Gary Harris goes about six, four, six, five. And then not only that, uh, I understand Montrez is, is a beast, um, in the paint. Plumlee can, can protect the rim. He can play yeah. in the paint. And then they got that guy, Michael Porter jr. On the perimeter. I mean, come on. This is people might be sleeping on this matchup. I know I joke around with our manager. and I am always like, because he's a Clippers guy, and I am always telling him like, well, I mean, y'all, y'all finna to play a two seven game series. You know, what I am saying y'all gonna play against the Nuggets and the Lakers. And I, 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 do. I am a firm believer that this series will go seven. Uh, they just match the Nuggets match up so well against the Clippers. Uh, Joker's are gonna have have a, have a field day. Uh, I think if Pat Bev comes back, he will, he's actually a really good matchup for Jamal Murray. I think that'll be a good. Uh, Offense-defense matchup?
1: Oh, but if not... Yeah, no, but oh. if
0: not... No, 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 no. If, if Jamal Murray uh, pulls up with 50-42-50, oh my goodness, the Clippers might get knocked off. I'm not going to lie. But uh, I, I, I do think the Clippers will get it done, though. I don't think... I think it'll be a seven-game series, but I think the Clippers will win convincingly in the games that they win, if that makes sense. I think the games they lose will be tight. It'll be close. But the games they win... It'll look like man, this is the best team in basketball. Yeah. That's what you'll take away from it. So I, I have I have a I have Clippers in I have Clippers in 7. If Paul George uh balls out for, you know, four uh four of those games, five of those games, I think they go they win it in 6. But uh that's what I got to say with that. And we can just go right into the Lakers right now too. Go. Uh Lakers in 5. Um I think the Cl- the Rockets will shoot the lights out of the ball one game. Um to where the Lakers can't match because the Lakers are, are going to be shooting, shooting three a lot as well. Uh, but I think Anthony Davis is going gonna, is gonna to have a day I mean, he's going to have a series and this is where the greats show up. This is where I think Anthony does a 30 and 13 and I think LeBron James is going to also do a 30. I do. I think you're going to see two 30 point averages from LeBron and AD and I think the floor is going to be wide open for the, for the Lakers and, uh, I I I like I like this matchup for the Lakers, but if the Rockets can put it, uh, can string together some games where they're shooting the lights out of the ball and the Lakers they they are known for having some off nights, then oh man the Lakers might be in a little bit of trouble. I don't think they'll lose, but they could definitely see a six game and potentially a seven should they get uh, go into some shooting slumps.
1: Uh, I have this one going six because. Two of the – I think the Lakers and Rockets have matched up three times since small ball, something like that, because they played once in the bubble, right?
0: Yeah, I think, I think
1: so. Yeah, well, they played once in the bubble, and Houston won that game, right? I that, believe so. It was like one of the first games in the bubble, Houston won. And then the first time – it was the first game after trading Capella, the Rockets beat the Lakers. Yeah. So this small ball has some effect – on that Lakers it matches up well. Um it does come down to guys hitting their, their shots, but it also comes down to I th- I think a lot of Westbrook attacking the rim in like the situations he does because with with the Lakers, I don't know if I like Danny Green guarding Russ. Like I I I don't because I've seen Danny Green be beat by other guards and russ is fast we watched him tonight it wasn't a pretty crossover but he got to the bucket yeah uh so i could see this game going uh this series going six um like you said a lot of it just depends on shots falling and whatnot um and if the lakers can get into their group finally but if not then it like you said it could very go well go seven and the lakers could lose the series just based on shooting struggles
0: um i'm done with that but the west? Yeah. What about the east? Yeah, yeah, no. We'll go to the east. Um we'll just start with the easy one. The Celtics and Raptors. Um the Celtics are already up 2-0. Going into the series, I thought it was going to go 6. I thought the Celtics were going to win in 6. Um but no, I think the Celtics will will get them in 5. Um they just they Brad Stevens is coaching his tail off. He's out coaching Nick Nurse and the Raptors' lack of perimeter shooting is really starting to kill them um Gasol doesn't look too good Ibaka struggling a bit Siakam oh my goodness they hound Siakam they throw bodies at Siakam uh once Siakam tries to get in his in his post up or his back down they just send two at him they make him pass out of the post and he's not a very great uh, he's not a great post passer either so they put him in a lot of tough spots Brad Stevens really makes you play to your weaknesses and um man they're just working them Tatum is playing well Kemba um and we'll go, we'll get into who I think will struggle against or who I who I think Boston will struggle against we'll talk about them later but um yeah no I think Boston gets it done in 5
1: um I I would agree it's Boston to five but I mean like we said it's two games in I think the two things is Boston's um amount of guys who can score the ball as far as scores finally showed up as matching up with the raptors because we talk about the raptors are a great team defense but when five guys on this team could go off it's tough and i think that's finally the cel that's the celtics biggest advantage in the series and the raptors biggest disadvantage is they have one, guy, I think one guy that has the potential to be that guy, but he's not even there yet. I think Siakam has the potential to be the guy on a team, but right now he's not there, and I think that's what hurt, is hurting them the most because they don't have someone to go bucket for bucket with Jason Tatum. They don't have a guy who can go bucket to bucket with Kemba or Jalen Brown. But yeah, the Raptors were my pick to go to the Eastern Conference Finals early, but their lack of shooting and star yeah. kind of showed up um
0: i'm i'm the the i'm done with the raptors and the celtics cuz we've we've already seen heated. two but the cuz the most interesting one is the heat and, and bucks um going into it uh and me and you have been on this from episode 1 about the heat they are a tough matchup for every single team because they can do everything pretty dang well they're coached excellent they can score on the perimeter. They can shoot on the perimeter. Uh, they're a good defensive team. They're a smart defen. They're a smart team overall. And that zone defense, the mixes of man and zone that they run, uh, just absolutely absolutely killing the Bucks. And it's forcing them to beat. Uh, it's forcing them to beat the Heat on the perimeter, and they can't. One, they have one guy, Giannis, who cannot shoot outside of three feet consistently, and that puts them in a bind, time and time, uh, time in, time out, and. Unless, unless the Bucks, because personally I don't even know how you beat that because Miami, if, if they're not running their zone or the mixes of man zone kind of combo covers like you see in the NFL a little bit, um, they're they're Giannis is lost. They have three bodies on the perimeter when Giannis is running the break. They have three bodies. It's a wall just ready for them. The Nick Nurse out of a page out of the Nick Nurse book, and um, when you look at a team like the Bucks, while they have some good shooters. I don't know how confident they are in Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, Chris Middleton. Essentially, when the when the heat runs zone, all of them are corner spot up shooters. And I don't know how good uh, Eric Bledsoe. I know for sure struggled a lot last year with corner threes and and uh, catch and shoot threes. Uh, Middleton, I don't know how comfortable they he is or the, that offense is with the Middleton uh, es- essentially becoming PJ Tucker in the corner and the same thing with George Hill. So. Even even within it, it's, I I don't see the Bucks winning the series, and I think the Bucks, the only way the Bucks win the series is if they win four straight from here on out. I don't think they can go tip for tap. Obviously not because they're down 2 too well, But I mean, tip for tap meaning, oh they win it they win a couple games, they lose one, and then they win two. No, I think it needs to be all four, um, and I don't think it'll happen. So I have the Heat winning in five, and uh, the Heat going to the ECF. Uh, we'll go on in that prediction later, but. Man, the, the Heat are just so well, and I put it on Twitter. That organization is full of people who just know basketball. And the signing of Jimmy Butler, bringing him in, just completely embodies that. So that's what I got to say.
1: Uh, I agree. Um, I think at this point, since we're already two games in, I think it's Miami and five, maybe six. Uh, but just as a team, they they are similar to the Celtics, I think, because – they have they had seven guys tonight in double digits and that's very tough. Yeah, it's not one guy getting you thirty five every night, but off the bench, Tyler Hero had seventeen. Um Duncan Robinson had thirteen, Bam had fifteen and he fouled out with like five minutes left in the game. Uh I think I think a lot of people doubted the heat coming into this, this playoffs. And I think it's sh- they're showing everybody up right now, but that they- they'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals, and yeah. I'm I'm excited to see it because they're a great team.
0: Yeah, and this isn't some prisoner of the moment stuff. This is legitimate, man. You've seen this. I mean, Miami's isn't Miami undefeated in the playoffs, like in the bubble, <laughs> like they're six and they're 0 six and zero right <laughs> now. You know what I mean? And they're six and zero for good reason. So, uh, Miami, Miami's killing it, man, and. It, it, this is going to be exciting. A, a Celtics heat Eastern Conference Finals that hasn't happened since what, 2012, since since LeBron and the, and the seas were at it. And then, you know, we're, we're thinking Clippers lakes, you know, and the ECF. So it's going to be a battle for the ages, man. Oh, and, and but right before we close, I'll let y'all know too. Um, earlier when we said Luca, you know, depending on how the Heat series goes, Oh, depending on the heat series goes, I might take Luka Doncic over Giannis right now. Right now, I might.
1: And we can have this discussion when the series is over because it's a lengthy discussion. I think it's a lengthy discussion to explain points of view, but I would agree because to sum it up, I think Luka is already a substantially more skilled player than Giannis. I like it. And so... With that being said, we're going to close it out. Long ep- it, it turned out being a long episode. Yeah. We had a lot to say. Um, but, yeah, I'll let Dan close it out
0: Already, you All right, y'all. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at DA Bartonic. That's at D-A-B-A-R-T-O-N-E-K. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Ant and Dan. That's at A-N-T-A-N-D-D-A-M-E. Thank y'all for showing us love.
1: All right, couldn't have said it better myself. Just follow me at twi- on Twitter at Anthony F Joseph Zero, and we'll be, be- we'll be back after this second round later.